Welcome back to the Electrify podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo, North America's largest EV festival coming to a major city near you. We're talking haircuts and we're talking EV and electrification. And again, I teased it and I knew I had it lined up. My man, Von Gittin Jr., two-time Formula Drift champion, winner in China, Ultra 4, and winner at life. He is the ultimate fun haver, the professional fun haver, creator of RTR. And I said, and I'll say it again, a modern day Carol Shelby of, of a new generation. Again, no disrespect to anybody before and therefore after. But I think, Vaughn, you, what you've accomplished in your short time, and 20 years doesn't sound like a short time, but it is. And what I think is even crazier is there's just so much unknown out there that you're ready to traverse, either it be in an Ultra 4, is that going to get EV'd? You know, uh, obviously drift cars, you coming back and winning the only round you compete in Formula Drift, big flex right there. But the, uh, we got to start first and foremost, and that's what we tease, the Mach E 1400. Modern day, modern day Carol Shelby, because here's Shelby who came and went and helped Ford. Here's you given this chassis that is the Mach E and says, you're going to be the first to customize this iconic automobile manufacturer and you get to modify this thing. How, how big of an opportunity was that to you and how big of a responsibility is that for you and your team? Well, thank you for the intro, my friend. Uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Um, I'm excited to, to be here with you talking about the fun Congrats on your new gig. It's pretty cool. Thanks, man. Uh, I believe electrification uh, needs some excitement and dynamic personality, and I think you're a great fit for it. So thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the Mach-E 1400. Holy crap, what a project. Yeah. Um, you know, Ray, our technical director, said it best. He said, you know, for someone, this being their 10th EV build would be crazy. This being your first EV build is insanity. And uh, that was our first EV build. So, um, yeah. So, you know, that project came about a little bit different. Um, it wasn't like, they're like, hey, here's a chassis. I want you to do something. It was more like I obviously knew that electrification is is very much on the horizon. I mean, this car is now almost four years old. Um, we started building. Gosh, it's been that long. Yeah. No yeah. way. Oh gosh. Yeah, great. I think we built that. We built that. When did COVID start? 19? 20? 20. 20. 20. So we got that car in 19. That's when it started dreaming. In fact, I did my pitch video on the trailer that I was sending to Ford in St. Louis in like 2018, 2019. There you go. So anyway, uh, so I just had this vision. I'm like, look, everybody is no one's making electric exciting. Like they're just building cars, talking about the, you know, eco-ness of it. And I'm just like, man, it just needs to be shown in like a fun, sexy way. Like we need to show it exciting. And like, you know, I'm from IT. I love technology. I'm a computer nerd. And like my brain has just been spinning with like the pos the art of the possible with this much power and this much control that you can get with electric vehicles. And so you know, I, I, I hung out with uh, Jim Farley uh, at Woodward and we just kind of taught, you know, he was, we were just kind of brain jamming on EV. For and those that I, don't know, who who is Jim Farley and why is that a big deal? Well, Jim Farley is the CEO of Ford. Yeah, that's, that's that I, I, just to clarify for, for yeah. people. And, <laughs> um, you know, Farley and I have been at, at 
uh, for it about around the same time. You know, I, I was there a bit sooner, but like, as, as you know, we got into like Octane Academy and the time when it was myself and Ken and Deegan and Tanner all over at Ford, that's roughly when, when Jim had come in and we hit it off and have a great relationship, you know, from his various progression through the company. And we were just brain jamming at Woodward, uh, dream cruise dreaming at Woodward dream cruise, you know, Go figure. and, um, and we're just inspiring conversation that, you know, I had ideas, he had some ideas and it just sparked this vision. And I basically went to Ford with this concept of a car that could, an electric vehicle that could drift, could Gymkhana, all wheel drive, rear wheel drive, road race, hill climbs, you name it, a demonstrator to show electric in a fun way that no one's done before. And, um, and basically, you know, that vision when I sat down for performance and presented it was very along the, the, the wavelength that, that they were on and they wanted to create something like this. And, and, um, they believed that we were a partner that could get it done and they put their trust in RTR and my team to build what would become the first performance demonstrator that Ford had ever, you know, come to market with. And, um, it was a crazy undertaking. COVID hit us right in the middle of it. Um, supply became a problem, but we, we just powered through and made this thing dance. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you were at the first video project when we brought the car out, all plans were destroyed because of the pandemic that was going on. I mean, me and, you know, six of our guys rented an RV to come out and run it. It was just, cra- it was just everything about it was crazy. Right. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it, you're, you're basically like astronauts, right? Cause you're, you're kind of getting ready. You're, you're ready to go. Like, oh, can't, we can't launch. We can't launch. Yeah, we, no, you got, exactly you got to park it. And, and then, and then, and then, okay, well, and then uh, obviously worldwide epidemic happens. And then it's like, okay, yeah. well you got to go cross country. You'll get it. What, what, what are we doing here? And first yeah. of all, you, you're trusting the shuttle. But then you're tra- you're trusting your team and your mindset and all these things, all these components coming together. And, and yeah, that that first it was cool, man. It was the future was now like yeah. seeing that car. I, and I'll never forget, like during our test sessions, there's one moment that stands out so much of our test, our testing. Where we got the car out of the shop finally. Right. And we've got this. I mean, the car could not be seen. We got this, uh, you know, very private test facility. And, um, there was a leak, but we went to this very private test facility and, um, we got the car out and we were doing our warm up runs and just like testing and make sure all systems were go. And then it was time for full power. And I'm like, Ooh, the moment I've been dreaming of, you know, and we go out there and Ray and technical director, you know, he's in the passenger seat with his laptop watching everything. And I'm driving. I'm like, dude, this ain't it. I hit the gas and I was like, this is, this is not it. Tell me this is not it. This is not full power. Cause we failed. Cause it was bad. It was like, <laughs> you, you already knew you're like, Oh man. It was like, meh, meh. you know, I like yeah. it just, it couldn't get out of its own way. And I'm like, I feel the power, but it's not fast. So we go back in and we look at some stuff and, um, we found one parameter that like, he's like, Oh, I think this will fix it. So, and I'm just like, I'm sad in this moment. And then he's like, all right, are you, are you ready? I'm like, are you ready? And he's like, yep. And I floor it. 
and do this freaking thing lights off and it's just like a magnetic roller coaster and i'm just like i stop i just as hard as i accelerate is as hard as i stopped and i'm like is this okay because you know internal <laughs> combustion. you don't want to break it well we're laughing like little kids because it yeah. was so gnarly so we're like laughing i'm like ray is it okay because like in in you know internal combustion vehicles Sometimes it's really good till it's not because it's too lean. It's making a ton of power and then it blows up. So like that default came in. I'm like, something's wrong here. And it was good. And then it was like, holy crap, we've got an animal. And, uh, and so, yeah, so that was just one moment of that vehicle that, that was such a, you know, test one of our first test days out of the lab. And I get to feel it full power for the first time. And it was just freaking nuts. It was nuts. And that's, uh, I'm going to, segue and jump out of it because of you called it the lab you know and and i know like mad mike has his lab and it seems that that's kind of a uh, what a lot of people are calling their their areas or their spaces but i think it's very befitting for you to call it the lab because you're not just racing you're developing and i think that's that's what's a compliment to you and your team at rtr you know here here you are in formula drift still developing you know even even down to having James Dean and the first right-hand drive, all new Ford Mustang, you know, all of those little facets. Kudos to you for making a lab and not just a race shop. And that speaks to progression. And, and, I, and I know you're a proponent of that. And that's why I think you're a good fit for Ford to tap and say like, hey, let, let, let's try this with, with Vaughn. Here's, I mean, again, let's, we'll, we're going to cut into this, but here's drifting what you got laughed at. You know, we got laughed at, right? And, and yeah, it's like, yeah. what? It's a fad. It's this. And then now fast forward to you and Chris and all of our peers and, you know, Turk and, you know, Osbo, these guys are spokespeople. They're manufacturers, spokespeople. And, and, and you're part of that, that crew, that alumni, these, these pioneers, if I may, you've created a lab, not just a shop. Yeah. And, and, and you're absolutely, I mean, you know, what we do here is engineering design and development. And yes, we race our, our race cars are never the same event to event. It's a constant progression. They're constantly under the microscope. You know, all of our RTR vehicles, all of our products, the test fitting, the trial and error of prototyping. That's what we're doing here. Like we're literally a a laboratory of sorts. And um, I didn't think calling it a shop, the RTR race shop. I didn't feel like that did us justice. So thank you for noticing, Jared. Yeah, dude. I mean, come on. I'm I'm trying to be omnipresent in everybody's world. And, and that just, again, Mad Mike has his mad lab. And, and I, and I think, you know, he's, he's still, he's still playing with Doritos over there, but people love it. And I love it. And, you know, I think you love it too. I mean, deep down, I mean, rising tide lifts all ships and that's, that's what electrify and electrify expo, which the mock E 1400 is present at Colette Davis is out there ripping it around. I saw that. Um, and hopefully, you know, we'll see, Ford activate at all the previous uh, future ones. There's, there's electrify expo DC Austin. I mean, check the schedule. Um, I'm looking to make it out to uh, one, if not more electrify expo uh, festivities. But again, back to, back to your kind of lineage, you talked about you being an it, maybe talk to that because there's, there was a great super street article, the visual of almost like the office, you know, of, of you, of you smashing your computer or office space, excuse me, the movie you smashing it that was metaphorical it was literal um and and it and it speaks to you coming from this hustle side previous because let's be honest you were you know you were you like to cause trouble when you're a kid and then you progressed and got into it and then and utilize your 
your inquisitiveness for good. And then you smash the computer, but you're still applying that kind of thirst for knowledge and that thirst for progression. Yeah, no, I was, you know, when I, so my, my path to it was, I was that generation that like had easy access to the internet, right? Me and you were that first generation Mm -hmm. that like, you know, I was 12, 13 years old and I could build a computer, you know, like my parents were like, what? A motherboard? <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, come on down to Radio Shack. <laughs> yeah, and it was very natural, very natural for me. You know, just like like you know, my son is going to be a genius at a touchscreen. He's four years old, and he can, you know, navigate. You know, we keep very healthy boundaries. I just want to put it out there; it's very important. Yeah. But, um, you know, so we're that generation. So I had this like built-in talent of computers, and so I had a. I call it a car drug habit. I just love cars my whole life. I love cars. And when I was in high school, it kind of became those moments of like, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? And there was all the Microsoft ads, make $75,000 a year, Microsoft certified, MCSC. So I was like, I'm going to get into computers because I'm good at it. And it'll be good money for me to be able to support my car drug habit. <laughs> and so... um so I went to college for a year and a half and like, I was like, I hate math and science. I hate it so much, but because I was in school for, uh, information systems, they made you take science and math. And I was like, I hated it. So I just went to the test center and got Microsoft certified at 18 years old. Uh, left there. And I, I was working at a company, uh, called Netcom where I was, I would bring in a T1, which, uh, is a high powered, uh, well, back in the day, it was a high powered, it was <laughs> 1.4 uh, megabytes per second, and then I would blazing, it. yeah, blazing fast. You guys got, you know, we got cable modems now doing a, yeah. you know a gig, but anyway, and so I would come bring that in, and then I would propagate that throughout communities uh, with a wireless network, and then every house would basically pull off of that T1. And anyway, I was doing that for a while, and then. Uh, I went and got uh, doing a job. I was setting up a point-to-point connection. And basically that guy hired me. And now I was a network admin. And then after like six months, they fired him and gave me his job. So I was 20, 20, 21 running the IT of a $100 million a year economic consulting firm. I had one guy that worked under me. And I was way underqualified for this position. However, fake it till you make it fake it till you make it. I was very, I was very resourceful and Google was my friend and, um, I made it work, you know, and, uh, I killed it and just saved the company a ton of money, did a great job with their it. And they were very cool with me, like letting me leave work early to go drifting and things like that. And then ultimately I quit that job. And that was the representation you're talking about of me smashing the computer. Um, I remember that shoot vividly. And I still remember being like, Oh God, should I do this? So, yeah, I remember I, we had this conversation. Like I remember, you know, early days, like 2004, you, me, Tony and Chris talking about, you know, a future and me helping you guys with like a Rockford Fosgate sponsorship. And it was, yeah. you know, pennies on the dollars now. But uh, like I said, I, I have to, I have to incorporate the word hustle into it because yeah you know, here back to the astronaut thing too. Those are, those are pioneers. There's people that are, you know, not robbing Peter to pay Paul, but hustling to get where they're at. And that's 
I think you're a great success story and it's not even, I feel like your, your cup is not even halfway full, man. Like it just obviously one being a dad and, and you know, you and your, you and your lovely bride, Abby, and you, you kind of have this newfound granola meets combustion meets EV. I mean, you have this really good all encapsulating brand, you know, and you and your wife go on these journeys and, and, and you kind of have a granola side to you now. You know, early on, just being from being from Joppa, Maryland, yeah, you like crab cakes, and and you know, you like Old Bay and little salt yeah, of the would, earth. Yeah, I would, but I, I feel like you have a newfound granola vibe to you. Yeah, interesting. Um, Do you like yeah, that I or would, no? I'll take it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't really know like how to take granola. Like, I definitely, you know, my wife has definitely opened up a. Um, you know, she's a, she's a way shower, and I think through a lot of our our relationship, like she's, you know, um, engaged me in new things that, that she, you know, that she likes. And so, you know, uh, she's, there's definitely been a new spiritual side that's opened up. You know, I I enjoy, I enjoy yoga. Uh, I enjoy mindfulness. I think that I understand how, you know, this life, uh, works and, and, uh, you know, manifestation and just in general, uh, you know, vibration and energy, you know? So I think if that's what you mean, yeah. th- that is what you mean yeah. by that side. Uh, absolutely. You know, I think it, it, I think that that has just kind of come along with, with my progression. And then obviously those that I've surrounded myself with and moving here to Charlotte, there's actually just a really amazing social awakening going on in, in that, in that kind of, uh, in that space. So, um, that's been really cool to, start to kind of dabble in that and understand how that applies to like the everyday and what I do. And like looking back at my success and the things I've achieved and understanding that maybe it wasn't just the hard work and it wasn't just the, the logical things. And there's a little bit more, more work, but um, I, I don't know that we're going to go down a spiritual route in this. No, no, uh, not, not at all. I, I, only, I only say, <laughs> I only say this because people, I want to I, I want to challenge kind of the norm, and that's what EV does. is is yeah. It's kind of a scary, unknown world. And for people that might be listening to this podcast, I'm listening to Von Ginger, woo, and you're like, woo, woo. I I want to kind of expose yeah. you a little bit sure. because of because of your thirst for knowledge and your thirst to be a student. You know, and people might put you on a pedestal, and and that's absolutely respectful of of all the accolades that you've accomplished. Um, but, but I think you're still, that's, that's where I'm trying to get to is you still have this thirst for the unknown yeah. and that, and that's, and that's where we're at this electrified concept and EV and, yeah. you know, and again, this just isn't about cars. It's about sure. e-bikes, one wheels. And, and I know you and your cousin Cody are always like, Hey dude, check this thing out. Look at this yeah. thing. Like, look, right. You guys are always kind of like, bro, have you seen like what you can, you can hack this and do that. And like, and that's that thirst that I really like. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, so, you know, like the biggest thing for me is like, you know, a lot of people have been like, oh, you're drinking the Kool-Aid EV ain't it. You know, Ford must be paying you millions of dollars to say you like electric cars. I'm like, yo, my daily is a Mach-E GT. Find me any day. Or, or, or my <laughs> Chelsea lightning. too. Chelsea Denofa, your teammate, he's got yeah. a Mach-E. And like, but, but here's the thing, right? For me, it's, I love experience. And, and being behind the wheel is something that I love. And the EV is very new and it's fresh and it's a completely different feeling 
than we've ever felt. Now, look, don't get me wrong. I love taking my spec five out and my Bronco. Like I'm not just like EV only, but I'm like, it's available. I enjoy it. Like my perspective right now of EV, if you are a two vehicle family, there is zero reason not to have an EV. Um, my car takes $8 to fill up. Not that I'm like pinching pennies, counting gas, but like, that's just cool. Like, yeah. And I floor it all the time because it doesn't matter because it's $8 to get me 280 miles of range. Like, yeah, doesn't matter. So, but so to go back to, you know, the, the people's perspective of me when I started doing electrification stuff, they're like, you know, they think it's all just like me, just like falling in the agenda, but like, no, this is like something I'm extremely passionate about. Like think about if you were alive when the internal combustion engine came to fruition mm-hmm. and you were like one of the first to try that out. Like that, that's, that's not possible, but this is, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're at the like very early, like this is literally like Henry Ford with sweepstakes. Like this is like, you know, 1902 or whatever the, the year is right now with when it comes to like the ability and how we can progress the electrification side. You know, look, I don't, I personally don't believe internal combustion engines are going anywhere. I don't believe that we're on like this preface of like this complete replacement and the robots are going to be driving us and we'll have no choice, right? Like I believe we're always going to have a choice and we're always going to be able to decide what, you know, what suits our lifestyle and what it is that we need. And electrification is extremely exciting in that because if your lifestyle is that you really don't need to go more than two, 300 miles a day, you like power uh, and you like the dynamics of an electric vehicle, there's no reason not to choose it. I've never, you know, and everyone's like, oh, but you know, the sound. Well, I've never been driving an electric vehicle and been like, oh, I wish this had sound. It's just different, you know, like, and, and I'm not saying I don't want it to have sound. The Mach-E has speakers and I like that sound experience. I like the option for the sound experience, but I also love getting home on a red eye and jumping in my Mach-E GT and telling it to drive me home. That's pretty damn cool too. So it's like, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I, I'm grateful that I'm able to have the best of both worlds and be a multiple vehicle owner. Um, but I am one of my most exciting things is like watching naysayers get flipped. Absolutely. You know, I, I let so many people drive my car and take people for, for rides. And, you know, the Mach-E 1400, like you said, you know, that thing's constantly out campaigning to just give people a, another perspective. And like, aside from just the EV technology, it's like all the other digital technology that can, that is starting to come along with these types of vehicles and the amount of control that you can have over the, you know, the traction system or the power output system or the way you can use regen, not just to charge batteries, but the lock rear brakes. And like, they're just so like the, the realm of the possible is, is what excites me. You know, I'm not, you know, do I like the earth and, and do I want it to, you know, be a better place? Absolutely. Am I convinced that, you know, uh, gas vehicles are, hurting that? No. Am I convinced that EV is the answer to that? No. But what I am convinced is that EV is extremely fun and there's a use for it. And uh, fun havers like myself are just starting to 
begin with the art of possible. Given respect where respect is due, right? You're kind of like there, there's, there's a progression that, I mean, we all have, you know, computers in our pocket with our phones. We don't cut into half the capabilities of that. So even if we just use a percentage of the EV technology that's being implemented widely available between Mach-E and other manufacturers right across the board from Rivian, Tesla, and Canoe, and all these other manufacturers, um, the speed, the performance, all of that excitement, as you describe, and that's what you are, the professional fun haver and building RTR. For those that don't know, um, RTR stands for ready to rock. And this is for a new generation of Ford tuning, not exclusive to Ford Mustangs, but F-150s, Broncos, um, I mean, you name it. And of course, the the Mach-E. So I think it's a great compliment for you and and, and where you're at. Are we going to see you compete in maybe like nitro cross have you talked about that the fc1x and and that electric vehicle i'd love to get ford involved with that they just at goodwood festival speed they just debuted the mock e rally which is going to compete in wrc that's that's a great endeavor that car looks sick um don't know if you have any information on that do you i don't know a lot of questions <laughs> um i don't i have i mean i travis is knocking on your door he's like vaughn Come play. You're my Maryland dog. Come on, let's yeah, go. Let's, yeah, I mean, look, let's drive the FC one X. Nitro Cross looks looks does look really cool. Um, I like what they're doing. Obviously, the track that they just built at Mid America Outdoors was nuts, and I was obviously a, you know a part of that, but not because of Nitro Cross, but because we want to maybe drift on it one day. Um, that series does look fun. Right now, for me, it's all a time thing, and I'm pretty committed with what I've got going on. What I pop in and do an event here or there potentially. Um, I think it's cool. And I, you know, I enjoyed talking with the owners out there and I, I suggested to them that they do need a sound element to those vehicles because when you're driving it, it's a completely different experience, right? Like there's sounds, you hear it, you know, and it, it's, it's, it's unique. It's not a V8 screaming, but it's unique. And I think that the spectators for that particular series and EV series in general, there needs to be a sound experience. Um, but the things that you could do with that, like there's so many different things that you could do with that sound experience. That's fun. Like the Mach-E 1400. I was going to um, get to that. Wait, wait, who, yo, you had a, you had a DJ musician and all around extraordinaire develop your exhaust note or your, I mean, what would you call it? Yeah. It's a sound experience. And we worked with T-Pain <laughs> and, and that's literally why I was late to this call. Cause I was finishing up a call with him and her dreaming and dreaming of something else in the future. Sick, but, sick. but he, uh, sorry, I was coming to sleep by the way. Um, so he, uh, we put some inspiration together and I was like, pain. I was like, look, I think you would kill this and here's what I want to do. And bing, bang, boom. So we worked with Harmon who does, you know, the mach E has a propulsion, you know, propulsion sound that you can press when you're in any mode and it gives you a unique sound experience. Well, we got speakers, two speakers, one in the front, one in the rear, and they project a mile and a half. It's actually a weapon. Oh, really? It yeah, it's actually yeah, it's a that weapon. sonar one, like it's old military technology. Yeah, it's not, so, it's not sonar, but it's really high, very high frequency. It doesn't have okay. any bass, but it is. It's a military weapon um, that we used for not a weapon, for a sound experience. And so I gave T-Pain a lot of inspiration of sounds and then he mixed them together. He gave it a standing sound, which is like a, like an idol, it's like kind of like a heartbeat. It's alive. Yeah. It's digital. Like, what is this? 
And then the sound of it is all of these sounds meshed together. And when it flies by you at full tilt with the sound on, it's just like, what? Like, it's unreal. <laughs> it's like a jet mixed with yeah. like a, a, a Group B turbo. Like, it's just, it's nasty. And then with the arrow and the wind of the motors, like it all, the wind of the motors, just, it sounds so good. You it know, seems, it seems good. foreign, but familiar. It seems like it's a refined kid's drawing. Right. It like, I mean, the car with the, the canards and the wings. And when I first saw it again, for, first time I saw it was first time Ken Block saw it. And I, I talked about that briefly on the first episode, just, you know, him getting to drive it. You get to drive Hoonicorn. Obviously, yeah. you, you know, RTR camp built that vehicle. But it, it's like, OK, it's Pikes Peak meets Group B meets Drift Car meets you know, obviously WRC car and, and you've done such a good job of, of really kind of working with Ford. I know you, you did work with Ford on the, like that thing's wind tunnel tested, right? Like, yeah, that was, that car was a full collab with Ford. I mean, we built it all here in Charlotte, but we were, you know, worked very closely with Ford. Ford did all the arrow. So we, we kind of, we designed what we liked as far as looks wise and they took it and made it functional with their arrow guys. That thing makes, 2350 pounds of downforce at 160 miles an hour wow it, the the car it, the car is unbelievable seven motors 1400 horsepower uh three in the front four in the back uh we've seen four to six thousand foot pounds of torque at the tires depending upon what gear ratio we have because the car doesn't have any transmission it's the motor stacks directly to a winner's quick change just like we use in the formula drift cars um, cantilever suspension, the whole body's composite. Uh, we use actually use flax. Uh, the hood is made out of flax. Oh, wow. Um, it's like a flax composite out of flax fibers instead of like fiberglass fibers or carbon fibers. So literally grown out of the ground, get the flax fibers, and then you process it just like you would with a carbon or a, a fiberglass. So it was that's a, the first I've heard of that. So like flax seed, like flax oil, yeah, you're talking about yeah. that? The fiber, yeah, yeah, the fiber from the flax, wow. yeah, and is, it's is really being, super strong and lightweight. Is that being widely used in other, like other motorsports applications? Uh, it's not. Um, this was a material we were testing for this vehicle and like just kind of exploring for potential uses. Um, I don't know of it being used in that uh, in those other areas, um, but you know, I, I don't know that it's as efficient. Like whether it was like weight wise or cost wise. But from a sustainability standpoint, like it's crows out of the ground, you know? So um, it's so pretty cool. It, it held up amazing. How did the flax seed, flax uh, fiber hold up when you hit the wall in the Faroe Islands? Oh, um, it held up probably <laughs> just as good as the as the carbon did. <laughs> and, and, and I only I only brought that up because obviously it happened. And what a great experience I'm fine. for I you. Stuff. It I know it, it, it's happens. Right. And uh, and I and I will tell you and I think I've told you this, but I'll say it in public is uh, Sam Nalvin director. Right. For for the project, uh, you driving the Maki 1400 around Favorite Islands. And if you don't know where the Favorite Islands is, look it up. It's out there. It's beautiful piece of the world. And uh, first cut he showed me, I, I got emotional. And, and I was like, dude, I got emotional on so many levels. One, proud of my man, Sam, for showing me this little biopic piece. Two, you, you know, the team, all the work that goes into it, thinking about just, you know, during COVID, right? All, all these all these elements. And and that that plays a major role in my life. I, I, I think about just all these different components. So, um, but yeah, 
the Faroe Islands, talk about that because that was kind of the, the real debut and it, it looked more of like a travel show. It seemed like you had a lot of fun. Um, yeah. But overall, that was the, ah, uh, here it is. Like, what is it? Yeah, well, I, I think I, I think I would challenge that. I think that was our second because I think the first video that we did with Ken and Joey and Haley, which was the Maki. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. With with all of, uh, you know, with all the internal combustion vehicles, kind of like anything you can do, I can do. It's kind of like what that was. But then we took yes. the next project was the project of Fair Islands, which was like we call it motorsports tourism. And um, we basically, I mean, for those of you that haven't went to Fair or seen Fair Islands, uh, straight out of a movie, like everything looks like a movie set, just beautiful greenery, goats on roofs everywhere you look, and just beautiful, beautiful people, beautiful land. And um, yeah, we went out to shoot this video. Uh, and the first day, second location, mind you, we're in an island. There's Mm -hmm. no Maquis on this island. There's no spare parts, but what we brought on this island. And, um, so I go, I do this turn perfect. And they're like, oh, that was great. Let's just, you know, let's get one more. And that's my mocking the uh, video team. No, let's get one more here. You know, if I got as many redos as our video team does, I wouldn't be in business. Am I right? Oh, <laughs> Just kidding. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a constant joke. Absolutely. Um, you got to respect them wanting perfection too. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go a little bit faster this time. And, um, you know, cleaned up a little bit, even though it was really perfect. I mean, one shot, one take. And uh, so anyway, I go do it. And I went a little faster, which means I had to slow down longer. And I had the car, I was counter steered on the handbrake, slowing down. And then all of a sudden the front tires just hooked and the car darted the opposite way, right into the wall. It was bad. Well, it's panic mode, right? Yeah. And the guy spent the last, spent 24 hours following that moment, getting us a car that we could complete this production. We had a headlight got in from the UK, the Ford, the team in Ford UK pulled a headlight off an engineering vehicle. We had a friend, Alvin, who was from Ireland, but actually was in the UK, went and got the headlight, got on a flight. They almost didn't let him on the flight. And he told him it was for a Transformers movie. So they let him on the flight. You see this headlight. I mean, yeah. it's, it's this big. There's 15 computers in it and like 400 wires. And he's like, oh, carrying on an airplane. They're like, <laughs> anyway, okay, he gets there. Meanwhile, so anyway, that that's a 24-hour progress. So the meanwhile, we're fixing the car. The one thing we didn't have was a control arm that I bent. And these are gnarly, heat-treated, gnarly control arms. So Casper, my managing director, who's also an engineer, went to a boatyard. And there was this gnarly, like, I don't even know how many hundreds of ton press that they had to use. They had to heat this thing and press it to make it flat. Anyway, they did a bunch of stuff. The headlight still wasn't here. We got the car looking good. A good portion of that video there, the headlight is actually a printed piece of cardboard. <laughs> so anyway, so so now we're so now we're driving. And we're we're do we're we're able to at least start capturing some of this video. Um, 
And, you know, long story short, in 24 hours, we took a car that was on paper, pretty destroyed, made it good, picture quality good, and running. And, you know, we went and made the video. The light finally got there. Uh, we got that in and, uh, you know, completed the mission. But there was moments in that that I thought, oh, my gosh, how am I going to be able to afford to do this after we have to go home right now and fix this car? And it was just just one of those things, man. You take a unicorn. There's only one. There's no spares and you risk it. And yeah. um, it was one of those things of the dynamics of the vehicle that I was not. You know, I drive an internal. I'm at driving at this level. The dynamics of these types of vehicles are very different. You have a very low center of gravity, which is amazing for the driving experience and amazing for traction and amazing for weight movement. But there's a ton of grip getting generated. I mean, you have to picture this weight just pulling the car down to the ground. And I was just like letting it float and it just gone. And um, just one of those driving dynamics of this vehicle that I had not gotten comfortable with at that moment I hadn't had a ton of drive time and every time I drove it was either for a video or, you know, testing. And, you know, it's not like we just go play in it, you know? So yeah. anyway, I almost destroyed a unicorn at a far, far away place. <laughs> in um, a fantasy land. But it couldn't have happened at a better place because one thing that you should know about islands is that they are so resourceful because they're forced to be, because they don't get everything. Like we can just run to home Depot and you know, whatever I got, you know, I'm in Concord. I can get any piece of fancy metal I want here in like yeah. an hour, you know, but there it's like whatever's laying around, but the mindset and the ingenuity of like the locals and them wanting to help us, you know, the story. The of hustle. This, the, the, yeah, there's another, the there hustle. it is the hustle. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of hustle and we got it done and we made the video. So make sure you guys check out our fair Island video. Do you know the name of it? I don't even remember the name of it. I'm trying to remember. I was, I was going to look it up, but uh, that, that was if your you job. If you just look up Maki fair islands, it'll come up. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, what, what's your relationship been with EV? You're talk about obviously Ford and all these other things, but what other fun things have you been exposed to in the EV world? And also what was the biggest reservation or hesitation you had into going from ice to EV? Like you're yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know if it's going gonna, it's gonna to deliver this or it's going to deliver that. Like, Yeah. So uh, for me, I had an electric drift cart. Okay. Um, I have a one wheel. And of course we have scooters. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have, but I'm, what are the, what's that bike Chelsea has? The electric bike? The cake? Everyone, Does he have a cake? No, no, no. no. The dirt bike. Uh, uh, I don't know which one he has. Now. Um, starts with an S. Suron, Suron. Yeah. Oh, Suron bike. Yeah. Dude, that thing rips. And then I've been exposed to. I rented an electric mountain bike in Moab, which I'm about to get a specialized there. I, I rented a specialized. I'm like fell in love with it. So really? I'm, I'm, I'm looking at which one I want to get. But so what? What? Um. So I mean, for me, like I wasn't really a tough sell on it. You know, like. I, I hear all like these pure, these car guys that are just like, oh, AV. I'm like, what? Like, I wasn't a tough sell. Yeah. I would say the only thing that I had a little bit of, and I think it's good to talk about, is range anxiety. You know, people, and, and, and it is, I didn't know what it was. I heard people talk about it. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you look at the thing, it tells you how much range you have and you drive. Like, I, I don't get the big deal about it. Like, it tells you everything. 
and like he plans your trip for you. Like if if you want to go here, but you're gonna need a charge in the middle, it tells you where to stop and charge. Like I I don't get it. But there, but then after driving the car, I did find myself always kind of looking at the gauge of being like, okay, you got this many miles and that many miles, and I'm like, ooh, am I getting my full braking regen in? And like, you know, it's like it it starts to be kind of like a a subconscious thing. But then I was like, oh, that's what range anxiety is. And like, I don't need to do that <laughs> because I have plenty of miles. I know where I'm going. So like, once I got over that, it was like, no, like it's, it's just uh, we, we, we deal with that. We deal with that if we're in the middle of the desert and we have, a, you know, a, a fuel, like petrol, petrol fueled machine. You're like, oh, I'm at Zizix Road. Uh, am I going to make it into Vegas? You know, like, I don't know. I mean, right. obviously Vegas, that's, there's more, you know, gas stations out there, but I, I know that. You know, some people have been left stranded out there before, but it's proper planning like anything. And and, and that that is a big you. thing. What's it does that? It for you. You don't have I to know. plan. It does it for you. You just put it in. You put it in where you're going. And it's like, okay, we're going to need a charge here. Here's your options. Like it does. It's so easy, but it's different. So I understand people that hearing range anxiety, but like it's your choice to make it really a thing or not, because it's no different than having a gas tank. Like you said, it's like, I got to stop at a gas station, you know? So, um, you know, so for me, it wasn't a tough sell. Like there's nothing I don't like. I just did my, uh, 5,000 mile, uh, checkup or no 5,000 mile service. I did it at 7,000 miles. Guess what my 5,000 mile service was in the Maki. Just take a guess. Like how much? No, like what, what, Sure, sure. How much did it cost me to do my uh, five thousand mile service? Well, you you got a complimentary, but I would say like normally, like I don't know, it's like probably two hundred fifty bucks or something. No, two hundred bucks. It's a bottle of windshield wiper fluid. <laughs> For real. <laughs> For real. Really? Like just yeah. you're good. I did it at the local auto zone. I, <laughs> I called the Ford dealer. I'm like, hey, I'm due for my five thousand mile. What's the uh, what's the deal? They're like, God, uh, you just. Come in, we're going to fill it up with windshield wiper food. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can do it yourself. It won't void the warranty or anything. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that myself. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like the, you know, like, okay, again, I'm not like, it's just hard not to like, it's hard not to like it. Ultra four, you're racing that, you you know, you and Lauren Healy, your teammate, you guys have, you know, just really made a name for yourself with the fun haver, you know, off-road team and, and what you're doing there. Is there an EV opportunity there? Can we, you know, and again, that, that Ford Mach-E rally car at Goodwood that just got debuted. Yeah. Well, that wouldn't do well at hammers. Um, <laughs> I know but, that. Uh, <laughs> um, it would do good on a rally course though. That thing is going to be so fun. I, I've been in the loop on that a bit and I need to go drive it. That thing will rip on like fire roads and stuff. I'm yeah, excited. Like, to feel like New, at WRC New Zealand. Those big banks, those uh, rollers. I'm excited to feel what they've done with the trash control and stuff on that. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, we have done some EV studies for hammers. Um, in that sport, EV would be absolutely superior. The challenge that we have right now is, and and frankly, EV will be superior everywhere in motorsport mm-hmm. once once you can get the power to weight ratio of the powertrain equal to internal combustion. Hmm. So 
we're close. Like it's 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 very close, and especially in Formula Drift, it's very close. But as technology evolves, the weight of these things and battery technologies and their capabilities and capacities are all going to get better. So it's just a matter of time. You yeah. know, it's just a matter of time before be you know to where the resources become as plentiful as going and you know buying a forged piston from Mala, you know, yeah. or a way better than you know, stock air filter from Canon, you know, like did this stuff just needs to get, you know, more and more people need to be using it and testing it. And, and that's when the products will continue to come to market. And, um, you know, we're early, early stages. And, and right now, you know, you're, you're seeing some of the outliers of, you know, pushing the envelope by way of, you know, fire and cars burning down. And, but that's what it takes to get to the next level. So, it's an exciting time. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me personally, by no means am I, you know, not going to continue racing, uh, internal combustion, you know, 9,000 RPM, 1300 horsepower tire shredding Mustang, but you're damn right. I'm going to dabble and explore and educate and learn and fun have with EV because it's here. And the, the like this, like the options are endless right now, you know, for, for where we can go with it. And so, it's exciting. And I, I really wish that more people would adapt that mindset instead of being so combative. And I think, you know, I really think people are more being combative against like what is perceived to be a political agenda versus just the, Hey, there's a car that's powered by electric. Like, I feel like people are kind of feel like they're being forced into something. And that's what I think also a lot of the rebellion is. I don't feel that. I don't feel the force. Um, but I think a lot of people are, and I think that's why they're like, oh, no, I'm out. Yeah. No, it's it, it, great. Uh, and that's a great point to kind of end on is deduce your own theory because it's not – don't don't think that – or I don't know. There's something There's something underneath there. Don't don't think that it's all meant for evil, and, and, and I think that – you know, RTRE is definitely going to be a division of yours because, you know, you have your, you know, you have your boys that you want to develop and they're already playing with Hot Wheels, your Hot Wheels specifically, and and not exclusively, but, you know, other ones. But you, you've done such a good job of being a hustler, being a pioneer, being a champion, and obviously being a great friend of mine and a great friend of a lot of different people. And, uh, and I, I love what you're doing. Any other thoughts on like EV or expectations of things that, Maybe I didn't ask you that you kind of want to let people know electrify and Vaughn and what yeah, you no, got. I, I, I think it's really cool that these electrify events are going on. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I think it's amazing. Ford's obviously at a big forefront of that and, and, you know, having our team campaign, the Mach-E 1400 out there is really cool. Um, it, but it's needed. Like this is how you engage people because right now it's either like you're either in the know and you know what's up or you're just hearsaying and the hearsay can go either way. Mm -hmm. So to your point, it's like, you know, choose your own adventure and experience it the way that you want to experience it. Not others, because I've yet to meet one person that has had a bad perspective of electrification or electric vehicles that is given a chance and driven my car or another car, not come back to me and been like, Oh damn. Yeah. Just yeah. what? 
again, not a replacement. I I, I want to confirm that I am a. I wear gasoline cologne. Okay. <laughs> All right. My, I got, I got, I got rubber, burnt rubber smell and I got VP 116. This is how I live. <laughs> but, um, I really am excited and I really, uh, I really hope that people give it a chance and the opportunities right now in this market, there's not enough people. It's like all the kids getting out of school that are like, Oh, I want to get an automotive. I want to get in motorsport. I want to do this. Like, yo, the EV space and software space right now for cars is just, they can't get enough people. Yeah. You'll never not have a job yeah. and you get to like shape the future. So like, please fun havers get into software and electrification so that you can make it continue to make it freaking cool. Because if Dude. the people, the cool people aren't on the ground floor 10 years from now, when everyone's buying used electric cars, to have fun. It's going to be harder to break into them. So make them cool. <laughs> make them cool. Out of the start. Game. I mean, you have the electronic drift brake and the all-new Ford Mustang. I mean, right. that's, that's like there's there's impl- you know application right there. And, and again, kudos to you. You've done such a great job, man. Thank you so much for being on Electrify, and uh, and you know, really look forward to seeing you uh, Formula Drift, seeing you at Ultra Four, seeing you. At, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll be everywhere. <laughs> Thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, enjoy, friends. We'll see you soon. Yeah, that's right, Von Gittin Jr. Thank you so much for being here on Electrify. Again, you can check him out on. Just look them up. V-A-U-G-H-N-G-I-T-T-I-N Junior. That's right. Crab cakes, football, drifting, and EV. That's what Maryland does. That's it. All right, (laughs) y'all. Much love. Thank Thank you you so much. Later. Thanks for listening to the Electrify Podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo. Be sure to catch full video episodes on YouTube at Electrify TV. And follow along on social media for daily clips and more.